Good morning, everybody. Morning. Uh, so today we are going to continue on the series of Advent. And um, we looked at uh, the subject of hope. We looked at uh, the subject of peace. And today uh, we are going to speak on this topic of joy. The joy. Hallelujah. You know, like Nikki mentioned, that uh, many of us in this season are celebrating. We're gathering together with the family and friends. And the gifts are involved. And the, the feast is there. But also for some of us, I'm aware of that, that this is a, a season of, of sorrow and uh, amplified pain. It's almost like a reminder that our hearts have been broken. And if this is you today, I just want to say to you that God sees you and God knows. God knows your heart. God knows your pain. And God knows your sorrow. Um, so last week, Lee preached on peace, and he said something very interesting about the definition of peace. He said that the world defines peace by what it is not. So the world doesn't know peace, and the reason the world doesn't know peace is because it doesn't know the, the prince of peace. It doesn't know who the, the person of peace is. And, you know, in the scripture, it's often that um, peace and joy uh, I like twin brothers, peace and joy. You know, Apostle Paul talks about that may the God of hope fill you with his peace and joy in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There is this peace and there is this joy. And they're like together. So it's almost really difficult to talk about joy without mentioning peace. And I want to propose to you today that the world doesn't know joy because it doesn't know peace. It doesn't have peace with God. And what is peace with God? Peace with God is when we are reconciled to him through Jesus Christ. And uh, I love the analogy that Lisa also gave in, in her preaching about uh, the expectation versus reality. Th that her as a little uh, child, she was waiting for this computer to arrive under the Christmas tree. And what the parents gave them was a pair of gumboots. And it, it's, a, it's a beautiful analogy. And I just want to bring it again before you that um, it's similar to we didn't get what we wanted but we get what we desperately needed. And the gift of Jesus Christ is what all humanity desperately needs. Hallelujah. So today I want to take you on a journey to the most um, significant night in human history. And that is the night uh, where Jesus Christ was born. So I want us all go together to Luke chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you may open them right now or on your phone. I want us to look at the Word of God. We can click. Okay. So let's begin. We're just going to spend our time today in Luke chapter 2. I just want us to really, really be there. You know, like go in, in this time. And it came to pass in those days that the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. 
Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea in the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was, one, he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with a child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger and beca because there was no room for them in the inn. And so this is the night that happened uh, over 2,000 years ago uh, in Bethlehem, in the city of David, where Mary brought forth her, her, her son, but not just any human being, but actually God in the flesh. But um, when he came, there was no room for him in the end. And sometimes, you know, in this world, it's the same. Likewise, we don't have room for him in our hearts. There was room for him only in a manger amongst the animals. And so let's continue reading. And now they were in the same country shepherds living out in their fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood bef before them, and the glory of God shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. You know, I sometimes wonder... Um, why did the angels go to the shepherds? You know, the, the whole heaven knew what happened, right? Except man on earth. Man had no idea what just happened. And the, angels cho the angel chose to go to the shepherds who were the, the lowest of the society and um, that they were, they were dis disregarded, you know, like not good for anything. And the angel comes, appears before the shepherds, and he said something. He brought a message. And that message caused the shepherds to have joy. You know, sometimes we think that joy comes by acquiring something. You know, we think in our hearts like, okay, if I get a house, I will have joy. If I get married, I have joy. When I get a, my baby, I have joy. You know, or whatever, whatever your dream is in life, you know, that promotion that you're waiting for. And then you say, then I will have joy. But the Bible speaks about joy in a different way. And I want us today to change our mindset about what joy is scripturally. The Bible talks about joy as a response to a message heard. So that means you heard something, and that something that you heard caused joy in you. And that is the word that is being spoken. You know, imagine um, you've been captured by the enemy and been taken to the enemy's territory and they locked you up in a prison cell without any hope of you getting out. You don't have access to the phone. You cannot reach 
your government to bail you out. You cannot call your spouse. You cannot call your family member. You're just locked there in darkness. You're sitting there in captivity. You're captured. And as you're sitting there, you have no hope. There is no way or even a promise of you getting out. And then suddenly you see a beam of light shining over you. And you wonder to yourself, how can the light come here if there is no even windows in this prison cell? But the light shines. And then you hear a message in a loudspeaker saying, someone came for you. Someone came for you and now you can go free. You're free. Someone has come. Would that not cause you joy? Someone has come. I didn't even know that somebody would come, but he came and now I can go. Would you not leap immediately and run out of that jail? <laughs> I, I would. Um, you know, I, I love the Bible because it's so simple in its message. It's not complicated. That, you know, it's not for the wise and the learned. It's simple. And even when the angels, you know, the angelic beings who can probably speak so arti articulately and, and beautifully, the message that they brought was very simple. Look what they said. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. For there is born to you in this day, in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So within this one sentence, they mentioned every important detail that you ever need to know. So where? In the city of David, in Bethlehem, as was prophesied. Um, when? Today. Today. When? Today. Okay. Um, what's... Um, who, who, who is it? He is, he is a savior. Who is born? What happened? He's born. Who is born? It's a savior that is born. Very important. It's a savior. It's not a politician who has been born to you. It's not a governor. It's none of those things. It's not even a judge, you know, because if you're honest with yourself, we know that we don't need to be judged because our own sins already condemn us. We needed to be saved, you know. So it's a savior that is born. Hallelujah. Let's keep going. And then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to men. Hallelujah. So first is what was just one angel, right? And then one angel is joined now by the army. So the heavenly host, that means that it's a military formation. So now you see a military formation of heavenly hosts joined, multitudes of them. You know, I wonder if they were like in the full ammunition with their swords and, and weapons of warfare. But now they're there not to fight. Now they're there to praise God. And it's interesting, it's, it's the army that's saying peace on earth. An army that is supposed to be fighting, they're the ones who came to say, praise God. It's peace. It's peace on earth. You know, because it's peace already in heaven. You know, everybody submits to God in heaven, but on earth is not yet. There is war happening on the earth in our own hearts. We are at war with God, you know. 
Halleluja. So, and the other word I want us to look at, they said, peace on earth and goodwill toward man. Do you sometimes wonder, does God have a good will for my life? You know, if you look back at your life and, and you see the, the trail of ashes, right, and you see the, that things didn't work out exactly the way that you had hoped, and you, you might conclude that God's will is not good for you. You might conclude that God has abandoned you, but the Bible says it's good will towards man. It's God's favor towards us. Hallelujah. And you know, if you ever wonder, I just want to simply say, like if you ever wonder, what is God's will for me? In a very simple word, God's will for you is Jesus. God's will for you is to receive him. And that is his desire. That is his such a strong desire for you to receive his gift because he gave. He gave his only begotten. He gave his best. He gave himself. And when you give somebody the gift and people reject you, it hurts, right? And so the same with the Lord. He's longing for you and for us to receive his gift. Let's keep going. And so it was when the angels had gone away from, from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. So the shepherds heard, right? They heard. The next step, the shepherd believed in their heart. And the third one, what's, what's their response to the message? What did they do? They went quickly. <laughs> they went with haste. Sometimes we don't go with haste. We don't go quickly. We don't move because we don't believe. But if you hear the voice of God, and you know it's him who's speaking to you, and you believe your response is to move, and to move quickly. You know, when we delay, our delay shows that we don't believe. It shows our doubt. It shows our unbelief. But they went out quickly. And you know, when they went out, um, they didn't say, oh, let us go and check it out, if that's even true, like I'm not even sure what's maybe true, maybe not. They said, let us go to see that thing that has come to pass. So they already believed, we can see from that verse, they believed that it has come to pass, and now they want to be witnesses of that thing. Now they want to see. You know, sometimes in our mind, we do the opposite way. We say, we need to see in order to believe. But the Bible teaches different way. You need to believe in order to see. So they believed, and they went with haste. And sure enough, they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And now, when they had seen him, I want us to think about that. 
and when they had seen him. Have you seen him? Have you seen Jesus? No. He is the resurrected Christ now. He's at the right hand of the Father, sitting in, in glory and majesty. But have you seen him? Have you had an encounter with the resurrected Christ? The disciples had. You know, he appeared to many after his resurrection. But have you seen him? Because if you see him, the response to that would be, you will tell everybody. That is the, the true, actually, meaning of uh, to evangelize. To evangelize, it means to report to something that you have seen, that our eyes have seen, our hands have handled the word of life. We've been with Jesus. We've been, the, we've been with him. And we come to tell you, we come to testify to you. I come to testify to you today. I have seen him. And that's why I'm here. That's why I'm, that's why I'm speaking that to you about him. Hallelujah. You know, when you meet Jesus, you won't be sad anymore. You are sad because you haven't met him yet. When you see him face to face, there will be no place of sorrow. There will be no place of pain. Jesus said, I remember he said, um, in that day, you will ask me nothing. Many of us think we get to heaven because we want to ask him all these questions. Why, Lord? Why this happened? Why this person died? Why divorce? Why suffering? Jesus said, in that day, you will ask me nothing. You will ask me nothing. And you know why you will ask him nothing? Because the joy will overwhelm you. The joy of being around him in his, in his in proximity, it will overwhelm you. You will have no questions. The joy will fill you to overflow. Your response would be, you will fall down to worship him. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. You know, the response of the shepherds, they, they heard the message, they believed, they went, they saw him, and, and then they rejoiced. And they rejoiced, and, and that kind of joy was exuberant, very expressive joy, right? They just went and they told everybody, they're praising God, glorifying God. So sometimes we have that kind of exuberant joy. But there is another type of joy I want, you, I want to invite you into today. And that is um, a joy that Mary is experiencing here. Mary's response is a bit different. She kept those things in her heart. She also heard. She also believed. Right? And she was holding him. 
she was holding him in her arms. And as she was gazing upon him, who is the word of life, I wonder what was going through her head at that time. But her joy is, um, is more of a reflective joy, more of a, you know, we don't really see her jumping up and down here, but it's just that she treasures the word. So she's holding him. He's the word. She's holding him. She treasures him. She holds him close to her heart physically because he's in the flesh, but also, you know, spiritually. And I want to invite you, I want to invite us into that type of joy where you treasure the word of God so closely. It's so special to you. It's not common. It's not like any other word or message you hear. There are so many words. There are so many worlds, words in this, in this world. Everybody's speaking, honestly. Everybody's on podcasts. Everybody's speaking. But there is a, the message. There is the word. That is the only word that, that will bring you joy. Would you treasure him? Would you hold him like that and, and ponder and gaze upon him? And you know, Mary had to do that because I don't know if she understood that at the time, but she needed to have that kind of deep joy in order to endure the suffering that is to come, in order to endure her son being tortured and crucified. We need that kind of joy. Not just exuberant joy, but the deep joy of, of, of a revelation. It's a revelatory joy. And Mary got it. Mary really got it. And I think it, it has to do actually with her response to first when, when the, um, Angel Gabriel came and he gave her the word, right? That, that you will conceive and you shall bear a son. Her response was, be it unto me according to your word. Be it unto me. And if we have that kind of posture in our hearts today, I believe we will have a joy of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your will, Lord. Submission to the word of God. So let's recap. So the shepherds heard, the shepherds believed, the shepherds went quickly. And the shepherds spread the word. And um, that is uh, the message of joy um, that I want to bring to you. And what I would like to do today is also to pray for us. Would you stand with me? Let's stand together. The worship team can come. I want to lead us into... A time of response. You know, this message that I'm speaking to you today will not bring joy to everyone. If you do not consider yourself a sinner, if you do not consider that there is a problem in the world, if you don't know this, my message will not bring you joy. But if you're one of those people that know that something needs to change in your heart, deep down, you know. I think every one of us know that, that there's sin. We've, we have all missed the mark. If you know that, that my message to you 
that your Savior has been born to you today will bring you joy. Somebody has come to your prison cell. The light has shone in your prison cell. Somebody has come for you. You know, and this is the message. This is a simple gospel. A simple gospel of, of believe on the Son of God. Believe in the Son of God and you shall be saved. You will have joy. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. Is He your Savior? Is He your Savior? Is He your Redeemer? Is He your Defender? Is He your Liberator? Unto you a child is born. Unto you a son is given. The government shall be upon His shoulders. And His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father the Prince of Peace and of the increase of His government and peace. There shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and justice from henceforth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. thank you Father we thank you Father that it pleased you through the foolishness of preaching to save those who believe it pleased you to send your son it pleased you Lord to give us not what we have expected but what we all desperately needed thank you Lord God for the gift of Jesus Christ we thank you that this joy is unto all nations on all people every single one of us no one is excluded from this message and I want to pray for those of us here who, who are not born again who do not know God yet I want to pray I want to implore you today be reconciled with God. I beg you on behalf of Christ, as Christ himself would be standing here, I beg you, be reconciled with Christ. You know those areas you do not have peace. You know it. You have turmoil. You have fear there. Be reconciled with him. I implore you. And those of us who are already believers, yes, we have given our lives to Christ. We, we call Him Lord and Savior. But there are areas in our heart that are not still reconciled. I implore you, reconcile. Have a conversation with God. We shy away. We put those conversations. We don't want to talk about it. Those weighty conversations, you will not have peace and joy unless you have a weighty conversation with God. Have an honest, weighty conversation. Tell Him. Tell Him whatever it is. He can handle it. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. He can handle it. Tell Him. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. 
Hallelujah. Just pray, Lord God. I pray, Father, that uh, there will be joy in the hearts of your people, that the joy will come as a response of the message heard. I pray, Lord, for the deep joy, the deep, deep joy knowing that we are reconciled with you and we have boldness on the day of judgment. We have boldness to stand in, the, in front of the face of a living God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is the kingdom of God. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.